This is a Cherish podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Boudreau. I'll be taking you for an inside look behind the glamorous facade of the interior design industry. At a time when every aspect of the business, from sourcing to trends to marketing to dealing with clients, is undergoing rapid change. Thanks to technology, we've all become familiar with working while out of the office. Who could ever escape email? But now we are forced to work at a remove, most of us stuck at home, separated from our teams. So how can design proceed now that every detail, from presentations to orders to installations, needs to be done from a distance? How do you motivate your team, reassure clients, and stay on top of your workrooms and artisans to make sure your workflow is flowing? Is your staff working remotely or not even remotely working? I'm happy to welcome three incredibly talented women to talk about the trials and tribulations of working remotely. And appropriately enough, that's exactly how we're recording this podcast. First, I want to welcome Atlanta designer Tish Mills, whose firm Harmonious Living by Tish Mills is perfectly named. Tish is known for bringing freshness and serenity to traditional rooms and softness and ease to contemporary spaces. Hello, Tish. Hi. Glad you're here. Courtney Coleman's firm, Brockschmidt and Coleman, which she runs with her partner, Bill Brockschmidt, takes a classical approach to interiors, but infuses them with jolts of energy via bold and unexpected colors and pattern mixes. The firm is based in New York, but recently opened an office in New Orleans, where she is today. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Last but not least, I'm happy to have with us New York-based fabric and interior designer, Katie Lead. She creates richly colored and playful rooms full of charming patterns and lush textures, and many of them come by her own fabrics and wall coverings, which are sold at showrooms across the country. Hello, Katie. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having us. It's going to be fun. So I want to get a sense first from all of you how much you worked remotely before the coronavirus crisis, and then we'll get into how that's changed. So, Courtney, you have office in New Orleans, and you live part-time down there. So how much work did you do remotely before all of this? Honestly, not very much. And I think... One of the things that we always loved in our office was that kind of collegial atmosphere. We loved being able to talk to each other, get opinions on things, find out what was in progress, um, get updates on, on things that we're working on. So one of the things that we early on tried to do when we opened New Orleans was figure out a way to replicate that as much as possible. And we looked at a lot of different options like Microsoft Teams and Google Hangouts and Slack. And we settled on Skype chat. We hardly ever use it for video phone calls, but we have these kind of running text conversations all day long that are kind of the same things that we would be talking about in the office. So that is one way that we had been tackling that. But our preference really had not been to work remotely. We loved being in the studio together. Mm -hmm. Tish, how about you and your team? I mean, obviously you travel and things like that. So how did you stay in touch with them before all of this? Exactly. We primarily work in the studio. Again, we feed off of each other's energy and it's all about the collaboration. However, because we do work in different parts of the country, we do work remotely. And a lot of it is done by FaceTime, phone, email, all the things you would expect. Although Zoom is going to make a big presence and moving forward for us because it's been really great. But beyond just our team, 
I do a lot of construction in other parts of the country. So there's a lot of FaceTime. A lot of builders have video on site so that you can check in on on progress if you're not there. So I tend to use it more for projects than with my team. Right. Okay. And Katie, what about you? Because you deal not only doing interiors, but you have your fabric line that you need to produce. Yeah. How, so how did that work for you? And then we'll get well, into it's how it's changed. Big, it's a big, big shift for me. I have mm-hmm. to say that I had one project out in Los Angeles where the client was just impossible to nail down because she was always in different parts of the world. And I honestly, it was really hard to move things forward because I just couldn't reach her. So I had to start saying, okay, when you're in Paris, can we please just talk for one hour? We're going to FaceTime. I've got your boards all set up, mood boards. We're going to go through them, but I'm going to walk you through with all the samples via FaceTime, et cetera, et cetera. And that actually was very successful. But I I agree. I think Zoom and the new products that are inevitably going to come up now are going to be very tailored toward our business that will allow our clients to be more involved in the process, not less involved, be able to see progress. I think incredible things are going to come out of this. I think we're just at the beginning imaginative phase of what is to come. Mm -hmm. I can't, I mean, I'm fascinated to know Mm -hmm. what's going to come out of this. Right. But design is a very collaborative business as Courtney, you were saying, you know, and it's also a very physical business. I mean, there's textures, there's the fabrics. So how do you think this is going to continue as we go along? Because it's not quite the same. And it's not quite the same in terms of, I mean, I imagine you all use Pinterest and Instagram uh, before Corona crisis. But how do you think that's going to change? Courtney, let's start with you again. Well, I think following up on what Katie was just saying, it is really interesting to think about what's going to happen next. And one of the things Katie has always done that we loved were these kind of periodic emails with new fabrics. And we always loved seeing that. It was a great introduction. Yesterday, we had our first fabric and furniture presentation with Rose Charlotte Melrose House. And I was so blown away with how professional and how choreographed this presentation was it moved really fast we got to see the new collection of fabrics and they explained how they felt and what they would use them for they had really great things to say about the furniture in particular how it felt and what the scale was if you weren't able to see that immediately from the photographs and it's something we never in a million years would have taken the time to do in normal life because everybody's so busy and you know it was wonderful we would definitely do that again but in normal times, you might well have gone to the showroom. We, we would have sat in the, the chairs, showroom, exactly. right? Yeah. So, do you think that is going to create more confusion with clients, or do you think you know is it a harder sell to clients? I suppose to say, I've experienced this chair virtually. I've experienced this fabric virtually. You should go with it. Maybe I think that it definitely is going to change the way that designers work because mm-hmm. the information is so much easier to get and understand, and. In terms of how it works for clients, I don't know. I mean, I think that we're all buying a lot of stuff online that we have never seen before um, from Cherish being primo among those sites. And I think that people are getting more comfortable with that anyway, right? Mm -hmm. Right. What about you, Tish? Are your clients willing to go along with you when you say, you know, I, I think this is the right chair, this is the right fabric for your drapes, whatever it might be, your curtains or your chair upholstery? Are they willing to? 
to go that, or do they really still want to see a sample that you then physically mail to them or deliver to them by a FedEx, whatever, so that they can feel it? How how willing is your are your clients to go with technology? They're fairly willing, but I'm in a, a, a really unique position in that my office is at the design center. Mm-hmm. So while I'm not technically there now, although right. lately we seem to have had to quickly run over and um, meet deliveries because we had just ordered a lot, but with existing clients and long-term clients, we've spent so much time in the building with them. They're more and have Right. And we've had so much experience in, you know, the way they like a sit in a chair or a sofa or finished samples or fabrics or such that there's a high level of trust. What I'm noticing in projects, even during the last few weeks, I've started new projects, which is a little different. Mm-hmm. But good for you that you're yeah, getting no, new projects. It's, it's, it's been very interesting in that, as a side note, I really believe there's going to be a big boom as soon as this is over because mm-hmm. people are at home. They're doing the same thing that I seem to be doing, looking around the house, thinking, well, we've put this off. Now let's whatever. We I do totally the whole thing. Do I whatever. totally agree. There's going to be pent up demand. and Right. And, and it's and it's already through. it's already seems to be happening. But with the newer clients, I have had to have more of the conversation of, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. I'm happy to send you finished samples, order them for you. Cause all of the reps have been absolutely amazing mm-hmm. during this period. All of the showrooms, you know, manufacturers reaching out, how can we help you? We have a skeleton staff, let us send you things, let us assist you. And so we've already started to have samples sent directly to houses and and then a duplicate set to us and then starting to have phone calls. It's fine. You know, I love the in-person, but in working in other parts of the country, again, you can't always be there. So there has been a bit of experience with this. I just, I think it will likely expand as we move forward. Right. I would tend to agree, but I I think there's probably also some problems on Katie. I mean, you make your own fabrics and many of them are so textural and beautiful that you have to see them up close. So, and, but you do do beautiful marketing. I get the same emails that Courtney does. But is it a frustration for you that something that you work on so hard maybe is, you know, just being judged on an image? I have a couple of thoughts about this one. I don't think it's an either or situation. I think that we could, we're all fighting our way in this new world, right? So we have this new, these new tools that are going to become available to us. And I love Courtney. Thank you for sharing that about Rose Tarlow. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of. Yes, we all are. I think it's going to be a combination of technology and materials that because we are a central business and the home is such a place of soul and love really that you you want to be able to connect with people on their most human basic level which is the stuff the feel the touch so I think it's one of those things like having the double set of sample set one set to you one set to the client but to be able to share stories of inspiration of how things are made, why they're made. And then in terms of actual manufacturing, like we're working a new wallpaper line that are all inspired by a recent trip to Morocco on all these doors that I saw. And I'm doing like a set of five new wallpapers. And so we sent like physical, the physical paint samples. Uh, We have our own set. We send those to the person who's helping us make those and we're sharing screens to talk about and, and they're sharing their digital 
mock-ups and we're comparing colors. So it's all, you know, so much can be done in the virtual world, but we just have to support it with the real textural touch and feel too. I don't think one is without right. the other. Right. Now, I, in terms of your clients, that's one thing, but I want to also ask you about now we're in this strange situation where you don't have your team right by you. You have to communicate with them. Is How does that work? Is that a frustration? Because I mean, I, I know myself that sometimes you wake up and it's like that internet meme where Mun choose every day. It's your day, 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 day. You don't know. Every day is Groundhog Day. You don't know what day of the week it is. Mm-hmm. You know. So is it hard to motivate your team at a distance? Like, Courtney, why don't we start with you again? Well, early on when this um, shutdown started happening, we were talking to a lot of our friends and colleagues about how they were going to handle it. And one of the best pieces of advice we got was to have these morning Zoom calls with the staff. So we started doing that first thing in the morning and it gives everybody a good motivation to get up and be presentable and be ready to talk about what's on your agenda. Get out of your pajamas. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you know, it it helps. It feels like going to work, which is most appreciated. (laughs) um, Then we decided to start having them in the afternoon too. So we do it twice a day and it's really great. Everybody has said how much they've loved getting to know each other better through these zoom calls and especially kind of integrating the New Orleans office and the New York office. So that's definitely been a great silver lining. And then we also, we have these Skype chats going all day. And then we have phone calls with people who are working on particular things that need to be discussed further. So that's, that's been a good thing. Tish, I wanted to know about how you function on a day-to-day basis with your team. Do you have a daily meeting in the morning? Well, when things started to shift, mm-hmm. you know, when we were like, oh, there is a, a, there's something happening out in the world, we keep everything on a drive for clients. Mm-hmm. The team jumped in and did an amazing job of making sure every document, every presentation, every construction document, everything we could need was already loaded into each client folder. So very quickly, we were able to transition away, at least with all the visuals and files. We typically do um, status several mornings right out of the gate mm-hmm. when we're in the office, just to make sure right. that we're all updated because everybody seems to be going in different directions. So we've continued to do that on the phone. I'm incredibly fortunate in that I have a very, very motivated team. So I, even before I'm getting my cup of coffee to sit down and, you know, I've gone through my initial emails. I've done what I need to do in the morning. I'm going to sit down and dig in and I've already got X many emails of things that people have done as follow-up. So we just stay in a lot of contact. We've done, we've done some FaceTime, but we've pretty much emailed each other, done a lot of text and have our morning calls, mm-hmm. but it's gone. I mean, so far it's gone fine. We've mm-hmm. kept all of our projects moving, right. which is great. Right. I think it is important to try and keep some sorts of sense of normality, you know, a routine within this. Like, I mean, I know I make my bed every morning, you know, that's <laughs> kind of important to do that. And how about you, Katie? Because, you know, your team and then also, I mean, you have a couple of teams. How do you, how do you coordinate with them? Well, I, it's a good question because I'm doing everything that everybody else is saying as well. And, and also adjusting to 
creating a new routine for myself to keep my own spirits up and uh, so that you can be a good leader and also taking this opportunity of a shutdown to find out what might emerge from this creatively for me. So trying to keep some open space as well in the equation for myself and actually learn to trust the team more. So we have the check-in but I've been relying on them to follow through with a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. And what we we did prepare the week before shutdown with, you know, up to about April 15th, like this is what everyone took responsibility for different parts of the pie. And, but then of course you're reaching April 15th and you're like, oh my God, now what? Now and, what? Then, like, <laughs> and then now what? Right. It's actually been a really positive experience and it's been a great reminder of the whole, the whole person instead of the part you give to work, the part yeah. you give to family, the mm-hmm. part you give, 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 mm-hmm. right. and it's creating for yourself. And also physically that's all been merged because now uh, we're working at home with our families. It's been, you know. yeah, it's great. I mean, right now we have. Well, not um, every single minute, Tish. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will tell you that at the moment there are four different rooms in the house being used by different right. family members right. for right. work right. of a different right. sort. Two of them are in class mm-hmm. and then my husband's working and I'm working and, right. you know, we've all gone to our corners for right. the, for Puts the. Puts a strain but, on the internet. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. Like a beehive. So how are you guys handling getting CFAs for fabrics and getting oh. payments oh, and yeah. stuff like that and finished samples? Are they going to people on your team at their houses? Or are you getting them? Or I am, but of course you don't know just establishing what's open. Mm-hmm. And then of course, then establishing which of your workrooms are, are there to receive them. Right. right. All that tricky business right. is, uh, a challenge for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm I I'm going to receive the CFAs just because I think I have a better color sense than anybody. Well, I would that. agree. Yeah. So about four weeks ago, when everything started to really shift, we started to think, okay, there's going to be back orders, there's going to be stock, there's going to be you know go down the list of all the there's going to be's right. So we went to anyone that will be installing a house over the next. X through the summer, basically. And so we got to order everything right now. And oh, which wow. I don't normally do that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, you know, everything was selected, but I was like, we got to bill and go. So right. our whole team did a stop, drop and roll, build all our projects that we need over the next probably four or five months. And then just hunker down and ordered, ordered, ordered. We got in a lot of our CFAs before ADAC shut. However, we're still getting them. I live close and in, um, in Georgia, we're still considered essential. I don't know if it's that way everywhere, but we are, we're within the okay to be out and about. And that, which brings up a whole other thing, which is construction because construction mm-hmm. hasn't stopped here. Right. Yeah. The same in New Orleans. Um, so yeah. it's been a little different. It has so, stopped in, in New York and Connecticut. Yeah. I, I yeah. heard that from Sarah the other yeah. day. So we've taken turns of running by the office. The very first day, the one of the first things we did is gave the UPS and FedEx delivery people our cell phone numbers mm-hmm. for two of us. So on, when they've got somebody on the truck, they make idea. sure they reach one of us. They either lean That's it against our door. That's a very good idea. I think yeah. for everybody. Yeah. It's been great. They either lean stuff against the door if it's actual fabric delivery, or they call and say, we're coming if it's a big delivery. 
and one of us goes and we're appropriate, you know, being in our distance and all of that. Mm -hmm. But then as we get a big enough pile, we do call or text the workroom and say, if someone, if you guys are still working and you want to pick up this pile, feel free. But we have not Mm -hmm. been shipping directly anywhere just in case. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot of awkwardness. And I think what you were saying, Tish, the important thing is communicating with everybody mm-hmm. and making sure they know how to reach you and whatever. Hi, everybody. It's Anna Brockway, and I'm taking a quick break out of the podcast to share with you news about two not-to-miss events happening on Cherish this April. In light of the cancellation of so many essential spring design events, Cherish is hosting two important new features. Firstly, on April 21st, we'll be showcasing the dealers of High Point and spotlighting the exceptional inventory and the beloved dealers who regularly show at High Point's Antique and Design Center and 214 Modern Collective. Many designers religiously shop these treasure trove venues. So through this feature, we hope you'll be able to connect with this important community online. Secondly, on April 28th, Cherish will be hosting our first virtual preview. This is essentially an online editorial series where leading brands and manufacturers from throughout the design industry will virtually present their spring 2020 collections on Cherish. Look for new news and inspiration from Waterworks, Schumacher, Kravit, The Lacquer Company, and more. We hope to see you on April 28th. And now back to our show. I wanted to ask you, you guys all mentioned something I thought and think was very important was you, was the word trust but in terms of your team. Because, I, listen, I know several bosses of mine in the past used to think that whenever they were out of town traveling, the whole office was goofing off. I mean, au contraire, it's usually where we got the most work done because they mm-hmm. weren't bothering us and, we, you know, we weren't having a million meetings, so you could actually get a lot of work done. But has this heightened for you guys your understanding of how your team works and who are the strong members and who are maybe aren't such strong members of your team. How does that being at a distance, sometimes it makes things clearer. And I'd love for you to talk about that in terms of how you deal with your team and evaluate your team and trust your team. So Courtney, you start. I'm always putting you first. I don't mean to. I know. I'm still still thinking about that. I think that since Bill and I have his historically spent so much time in the studio with our team, we were really used to keeping tabs on the progress of, of projects, work in progress. And it has been interesting working remotely. So I think one of the things that we've been trying to do is keep these running lists. And like Tish was mentioning, we moved a lot of things onto a drive that's accessible by onto the Google Drive, it's accessible all the time by anybody. So we have a master shopping list, we have task lists for each employee, we have definitely task lists for the two of us that we have to um, be consulting every day. I would say some sometimes we have really been so impressed by the thought that employees have given to getting something accomplished that wasn't straightforward. Yesterday, for instance, we found out that one of our painting contractors in New Orleans had been hospitalized with the virus. And he was really one of the first people in our orbit who we had known to be sick. And so we had to spend most of the day kind of unraveling all of the other people who were working on site and telling them what had happened, giving them the option to postpone or resume their work later. And, you know, the employee who was handling that, I was just so impressed how she handled it with such grace and consideration for the 
other workers and for the family of this painter who is sick. And we certainly send our best wishes to him and his family. And I hope he's going to be okay because he's a really nice man and a talented painter. Yeah. I mean, the complications that arise during something like this, you could never predict what they are. And I guess, like you said, the the fact that she rose to the occasion with such foresight and grace is really yeah, tells really... you what, you know, I, I mean, I know that a lot of firms at this time, you know, it's questioning time, whatever they've had to furlough or lay off staff. But I think the other, the flip side of that is you really come to realize who are your star members and who are your top talents on your team. And then you want to keep them and reward them. Atisha, have you experienced anything like that as well in terms of seeing, learning something about your team? Oh, absolutely. Again, this was, this all came up at such an interesting time for us because we're mid review season. Oh, right. (laughs) Telling moments. Survivor. (laughs) I know. Um, But it's given me the opportunity as we've had the amount of conversations that I had with people before we went home to really talk about goals and really talk about growth areas and year over year growth. I, I love my team. I mean, I'm sure that most people would say that, but. I've actually been so impressed with ha- the same the same comment. I've been so impressed with the way that people are stepping up and making sure things are happening. And to your point about, you know, when you're out of town and maybe people are goofing off a little bit, that actually doesn't bother me because I think that stimulates creativity, right? I think there needs to be some play time. I agree. With what we do. So... I think that part may be lacking a little bit right now because everybody's super concerned and head yeah. down. And it's such a stressful time. It's hard right, to play. Right. So today, you know, it's it's Friday. We're not working that hard today. It's okay because we've worked hard a lot of other days. But I, I've been super impressed. Um, right. My And my bookkeeper has done an unbelievable job on the whole billing side. And I continue to badger him, I'm sure is the word he would use with projections and the portions of, you know, what's gone out versus what needs to go out and, you know, all the financial sides to make sure that everything's super solid through this period, since we aren't having the face-to-face. So I'm asking for a lot more reports and he is, well, he's someone I trust with my life. Well, I basically do given what he does for a living, but, um, (laughs) but is absolutely phenomenal. But yeah, the whole team is just Mm-hmm. really stepping up. Great. And Katie, what about you? Because also, I mean, part of your, not your direct team, but for all of you and Katie too, obviously, is, you know, the contractors you work with, your manufacturers, your workrooms. Well, you know, I want to say a quick thing about, I, I think it's wonderful that everybody's having these positive experiences with their team. I think what goes towards building a lot of trust is actually sharing what this experience is for everybody. Not just saying, okay, let's get to it, guys. Come on. We're toughies. But in fact, like, how are you guys doing? Is your family okay? How are you handling being isolated? And before you know it, like that softening really does allow people to become invested more profoundly. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, with your shared vision. And um, along the lines of how, say, specifically of how that's working, is that one of my team members, uh, Eve, has called every single 
showroom and talked to every single rep and has compiled sort of our own little internal marketing packet that has pictures of all the different people and what they said about their favorite designs and by region, what they think are the best sellers and why and what they'd like to see more of. So it's developing real personal human connections through actually this new technology. So it's actually a warm experience through a cold medium. Mm -hmm. And it was so wonderful to watch her just sort of take control of a Zoom meeting and present her slideshow with all of these different people who represent our brand across the country. And it's like, I didn't know who all those people were. And we are figuring out ways that we want to move forward, both virtually and in person to, you know, increase our sales, let's say, of fabrics and wallpaper. So it's been really, again, kind of an inspired time for that yeah. reason. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah. But now as this goes on, like you were saying, Katie, you know, April 15th, it's going to come to that point, I would imagine, since I don't think we're going to be released from our, you know, confinement, shall we say, in the next probably month, maybe a month if we're lucky. But are you going to reach that point where you're going to have to do like remote installations or, you know, supervise somebody who's doing wall treatments or something? I mean, how is that going to go as we go ahead and you get further along those projects that we're in? In process before this started. Has this something you've ever had to do before in general? And mm-hmm. is it something that you're going to be able to handle? Tish, what do you think? Absolutely. We've already started. In fact, I did a, mm-hmm. a couple Insta story snippets the other day of a lighting install at mm-hmm. a house and the, the electrician and the builder, you know, we'd already predetermined heights, right? but sending pictures during process and, you know, let's get on the face, let's get on FaceTime with the client, make sure we're all cool. And um, we've definitely done that. Mm-hmm. We've had one, thinking a small, but long distance install of furniture, which w- was fine. We got on the phone with them and checked everything before they left. So we have to do that at times anyway, when we're working long distance, but mm-hmm. it's definitely already started. Yeah. And is that harder for you? Is it frustrating? I would say for me, it's harder because I really love being there and touching yeah, and feeling and, you know, it's all, we're all very tactile and very much, you know, as part of the energy of being in the space, but it's been fine. I mean, the good news is who we've had to do, started to do long distance install with, or, you know, not on site so far have been people that we work with a lot. So they know what we're looking for. I haven't had to do it with any builders yet that I don't mm-hmm. have a long-standing relationship with. Mm-hmm. That will probably be harder. Yeah, that would be harder, I imagine. What about you, Courtney? Yeah, same thing. Um, we've had a lot of Zoom and FaceTime chats from job sites and various locations. And a couple with, uh, well, actually most of them with contractors that we haven't worked with before. So it's been really interesting to ask them to, can you please just hold, we've sent full-scale templates of light fixtures, for instance. Um, can you please just lower it an inch? <laughs> so far, everybody's been really patient. And also the two projects that we have coming up for installation soon happen to be for super, super organized clients. So in terms of figuring out where stuff is being delivered and when they have really been great members of the team and helping us figure that out so that it's all going to happen, hopefully in time. Well, you know, and as someone said a few minutes ago, the idea is you just have to be so agile. Every day is different. So, 
you have to be ready to respond and yeah. change change plans in midstream if necessary. Right. I'm having to practice patience and preach right. patience a right. lot too. Well, I think management is hard under the best of circumstances, but in managing in terms of in these uncertain times when we really don't know what's going to happen six months from now must be very hard. How do you go about reassuring everybody that you work with, your team, your artisans, your contractors? I mean, I think that's got to be hard, but are there things that you say to them? Are you very direct with them? Do you soft pedal? How does that work for you guys? I was actually going to bring this up if, if the question wasn't asked. The first thing that I did with my team was reassure everybody mm-hmm. yeah. and tell them that my goal is to, you know, keep the family together, keep the team together. Please don't freak out at any moment. If anyone's having to freak out or a uncertainty, please reach out. Don't let anything fester. Don't let your mind take off, you know, the mind chatter. Let's talk about it. Right. My goal is for everybody to be okay. So let's just breathe into this. We don't know how long it's going to last. The good news is we're in a strong place right now. So, and the economy is so strong that as we move through it and we come out of it, it's going to be a boom there too. So I, I had very direct one-on-one conversations with my people, good. 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 with the builders and artisans and that kind of thing. I've told everybody that, you know, the things we have on the docket are on the docket. It doesn't mean we may have to pause because the state or the government is telling us we have to in certain areas. If that comes up, we'll do that. However, what we have planned, we have planned. So I've just tried to be very out in front of it and very compassionate, but strong that if I'm not showing fear, because I actually don't feel fear. I feel very centered through this process and I feel very much like this is a universal pause and, you know, to go into the bigger, I mean, look at how the actual earth is responding to what Mm. us slowing down. It's really beautiful. So I'm, I'm looking for all the beauty in it and all the beauty that's going to come out of it. And I, I I don't wear rose colored glasses. I just really feel positive. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's important for me to remember is, you know, we've lived through crises before. Absolutely. You know, I lived through, you know, the AIDS crisis. I lived through 9-11. But a lot of young people, and I imagine you all have Mm -hmm. young people on your teams, they have never experienced anything like this. And so I think reaching out to them is incredibly important, but it's not easy. You know, again, somebody comes to you with their fears and you don't have an answer. You know, how do you handle something like that, Courtney? Well, I think that's really true. And I think that talking about these past crises, including 9-11, the stock market crash in 2008, the AIDS epidemic, and even I was talking to one of my neighbors here in the French Quarter, he reminded me that there were about eight times in his lifetime when he just thought the world was going to end and we're all okay. We're even better. (laughs) So that was a really happy thing to hear. It's one one of the cases where experience really does count. Being old is good, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Amen. So when, I guess in early March, when we started seeing what was on the horizon, as Tish was saying, we talked to our people in New York in particular, because we're kind of jammed in the studio there. And we said, you know, we would like to think about having you guys work from home. And we talked about that for a little while. And they said, well, actually, all of our friends are already working from home. So we thought, okay, well, we got our IT person in immediately who got everybody's computer set up, got a VPN established, got the software that they needed to work at home. 
And they just kind of left the next day and started working from home. And since then, we've tried to be very positive. We've tried to be transparent about what's happening in the office with all of the projects and to make everybody feel like they're part of the team and that we're all pulling through this together. One thing in terms of reassuring clients that was interesting, we've also tried to be really transparent with clients and checking in with vendors constantly to let them know the status of things. And one client um, for a project in Maine, we were doing a big order for several beds and we hadn't quite decided he was going to do the fabrication. And one of the main contenders wrote us an email kind of during the, the process of deciding and said, that they had actually been called to build beds for a field hospital here in New Orleans, and they would not be able to do the work until sometime later in the year. So we told that to our client, and she said, well, that's who I want to do the job. You know, obviously, they're good citizens, and I want to support them. So that was Oh, it. so she was willing to wait. I love that. She was very happy that's to wait. That's great. Yes. That's great. So, Katie, how about you? I mean, you're a very positive person, but I'm sure there are moments that members oh, of your team. First of all, I want to say something positive about what Courtney just said, which I think is a really interesting component of moving forward is this community aspect of design and that people will want to invest in companies that are making a difference. And that part of the story ends up being a really great mutual selling point for everybody. Uh, including the earth and including for the bigger, bigger, better causes out there. I think um, practicing empathy is really, really important. Reassuring clients, developing a sense of humor. But one thing that I think has been awesome is reaching out to peers that you admire and getting strength and support from them. Like this podcast, for example, how wonderful to be with you, my friends today and, and Storm and Norm, and also set up these cocktail parties with various designers, you know, that are standing cocktail parties where we can share what we're learning, but also just crack each other up. I think that's really important during this time. So it's a combination of keeping yourself in good spirits, but also, and, and, and God knows I've had, you know, really productive days and days that have evaporated. Like, I do not know what just happened right. today. You know, I think like, we've all had those whoa. days. All right. I would admit that I have those anytime. We don't need a pandemic no. for me to have no. days of right. what happened. I don't seem to have accomplished something. Same. And other days where I've conquered the world. But <laughs> when you're at work and plugging into the grid of work in a very focused way, people give you tasks. Like, you don't, you may not know what happened, but you're probably pretty darn productive. I would say that's true of me, but again- Or at least it's easier to maintain the illusion. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And also, and also you're not this full, you're not the full you, you know, this is an opportunity for us to discover like this fuller, fuller, who have the bigger picture of ourselves. Well, I I do think it's, it's, it's so interesting that as we've been forced to go apart, and be in our separate spaces, I think we have come to appreciate each other more. Mm-hmm. You know, absence does make the heart grow fonder and, you know, quote a cliche. And I know I've been reaching out to friends that I hadn't talked to or people that you just took for granted in a sense. And I think that's really important on a work level as well, that the people that you work with on whatever level as, a, you know, a contractor, your team member, a client or whatever, that it's very important that you let them say what they need to say as, as also when you're conveying information to them. I mean, 
couple of you mentioned transparency, and I think that is so true. I mean, you don't want to give away state secrets, but people don't need to know more about you know, the financial side of your business than they need to, but to let them know that you're here, that you're there, you're here you're going to solve their problems, that you, you want to, you're listening to them, I think is really, really crucially important at this time. No, I was going to say too, um, back to Katie's story about her employee who did the slideshow with the reps, just getting to talk to vendors during this quiet time has been kind of great. There are people who are really friends, but not people that we necessarily see socially a lot, but we love and admire them. And it's just been great to be able to reach out to them and say how much we appreciate what they're doing and to see how they are during this crisis. Yeah. And and not only is it a good deed, but I think it helps your business because you learn things. You know, when you talk to people on whatever, either professionally or personally, you learn things and that helps you to, as you're going about in your creative business, because you're all in a incredibly creative business and you, you know, the new things that you're going to learn. And I think, and one of the things that has impressed me too, is how many formal and informal organizations there are in the design industry, like, you know, the Zoom cocktail parties that Katie was mentioning, or Tish was mentioning, you know, the idea that, you know, I know some people who get together with other designers once a month, every six weeks and have a glass of wine and they talk about things they've discovered. And I think that's becoming ever more important. And this separation, again, has emphasized how crucial we, we the need to communicate with each other is and the need to be in touch with each other is. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a business of personal relationships design oh, yeah. and, and so much so. And this can reinforce it. And like you were saying, Courtney, you really learn something. You, you know, if you talk to a rep that you don't talk to on a normal basis, you can find out so many more things about what they do or the business or other people are doing that's going to be helpful to you. So I, I do think communication is ever more important during all of this uncertainty. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's been very interesting how many designer friends from around the country that you don't talk to that often that all of a sudden you're talking to or the different showrooms that have reached out. And I mean, I love it. It's been great, but we've taken it to the point of, reaching out to old clients and colleagues and people not wanting anything, but just to say, I was thinking thinking about about you. Yeah. 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 I think that's so, so important. How do you think this crisis and it's still, God knows it's a painful and tragic crisis for so many people for all of us, but really so many people are suffering and it's, it's a a horrible time how do we get something positive out of this? What's going to come out of it? And what's going to come out of it in terms of design, home design? Like, because I agree with you, what Tish was saying, and I, I've said it before, home is going to become ever more important to people now that they're spending so much time there and realizing what a shelter it is and how crucial it is in our lives. So how is that going to influence design? So Katie, let's start with you since you raised the issue. Okay, okay. I think it could impact it in a lot of ways. I think about how necessary flexible spaces are going to become dining rooms become desks home you know um, work home desks where are public shared spaces where are private spaces how can they be both in the same place like for example like retractable doors you know open living arrangements that can then suddenly become closed off spaces like i saw nina campbell on one of these podcasts or whatever had uh, her dining room has these etched glass doors that are retractable doors so that when they're closed 
they still let a lot of light in. So you are still creating um, a feeling of openness, but not only is it surprise behind the door, but it's also privacy. So you can create multiple environments that can move between shared living and, and more private use. I think that, um, I think even things like how a home is organized is going to become really important and how enjoyably organized it is. Like for me, like how a utility closet is organized becomes a source of fascination. So that's enjoyable for the owner, like how to make that quite a beautiful experience. But I think uh, obviously bars are going to become very important. (laughs) They are. Yes, they're very important already. (laughs) They certainly are now. Uh, and kitchens certainly are, are yeah. so important. What do, what do you see, Courtney? Well, I think one of the most touching things over the past couple of weeks is we've had notes from clients who have said how much they just love being in their places. And, That's you know, so you think, obviously, they like it because we've been through this project together and they, it was a personal experience for them. But they said, you know, we are having this quiet time in our house and we have just loved being here. So. I think that people are going to feel like their houses are an important thing to spend money on. And frankly, over the past few years, we've had so many clients say, well, I might rather go on a private trip to Morocco (laughs) to use Katie's example. But that idea that millennials Um, wanted experiences rather than objects. Rather than objects and rather than spend money on your home. So I think this proves that it's important. And also to spend time around things that are personal and that are meaningful to you. And one of the funny things about that, we have a friend in the French Quarter here and a couple who are friends in the French Quarter. And the husband is on TV a lot. And so the wife said the other day that he's always moving furniture around to get the best backdrop for his TV show. And he won the competition between TV show, um, what would you call him? Between TV show commentators the other day. So that's another funny thing. Maybe our houses are just going to have different backdrops. You know, we're all thinking about our Zoom backdrop. Right, exactly. The the virtual backdrops versus real backdrops. And in fact, I got a funny email this morning from Fromental who was suggesting that you could have one of their beautiful wallpapers. I thought that was so funny. You know, another thing we saw after the 2008 crash is that people were focusing more on permanent and lasting parts of their houses. So we would love to see people looking more at antiques and um, things that are available. There are no supply chain mm-hmm. issues right, with right. Um, furniture. Vintage is here. here. Antiques right. are here. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they can be shipped to you. They're whatever. So they, you don't they have to can, wait. They can stand months. the test of time. They already have. Yes. They already yeah. have. That's right. 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 Okay. Tish, what about you? I fully agree that as people are spending time in their houses, they're cocooning, you know, they're, they're pulling inward. So one of the things that I'm already noticing is clients areas of their house that they thought were important may not actually be the most important part of their house. It it may be the more private areas. It Mm -hmm. may be converting a public area to, to talk about what, um, that Katie said, but it's just, I think that the way people use and view the different parts of their houses are going to change. Right. Well, I think a lot of people thought they were going to, they use their house one way, but when they're actually spending time there, they're using it differently. Right. That's exactly what I think is happening. And it's interesting. 
clients, a lot of times I do work with both spouses on projects. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I only work with one spouse because the other one is a captain of industry. Mm -hmm. The thing I'm noticing as, uh, as these, you know, corporate executive CEOs, all of that are now working more from home and it's not just at night. There's a lot more consideration into what that home office looks like. One of my clients for a very large job is a head of supply chain management worldwide for a very large corporation. So, I mean, God bless his soul right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he sleeps, but he took the time the other night, of course, it was like three o'clock in the morning to send me an email to say, I did never knew how much I loved my home office until I'm running Mm. worldwide out of it. What a wonderful compliment. My team. So thank you. However, here are some things if we have to continue that I would love to add or change or do. So even the people that the spouse that you don't work with as much are taking time to evaluate their spaces, which is great because then it becomes even more personalized for them. Right. Right. Again, I think... I think the uses in in spaces are going to change. Um, One thing that we really, really push a lot on is proper lighting when we're working on a project. And homeowners, a lot of times, will do that. Other times, they're like, you know, it's not a primary space. It's a home office. I'm hardly going to use it. You know, we're really, really fairly persistent about the Calvin that goes into that space in the mix of natural light, task light, ambient light, you know, the, the, to make that golden triangle so that you can really work beautifully in a space. I think that that cell and that becoming a consideration point moving forward for people will be easier right? because homeowners don't understand how important the mix of lighting is in their space, but now they're staying in their spaces so much, they really want good lighting. Yeah, exactly. So Cloudy lighting, day, sunny day, make sure right, it's right. Right. Nighttime. And just the mix and, you know, the amount of time people are in front of their screens at home right now versus at the office right. and having right. the right mix right. so that their eyes don't get tired, right. you know, and then obviously the comfortable chair, you know, it can go down the whole list, but I think lighting is going to become even more important. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably true. I think I saw, I think I read online this week that lighting sales were at 18% in the past month. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. that. I would believe that. I would believe I would that. think also things like television where you can plug in your computer and have things in a larger format, you know, that kind of thing are going to become important. Obviously entertainment areas. Right. How do you rethink entertainment also like game tables i was gonna say a table you know, for your puzzles because puzzle sales are through puzzles. the roof <laughs> uh, yeah backgammon you know all that kind of stuff right i do agree with the television comment because i've even noticed in our house those in the family that are way more technologically advanced than i am will take something from their laptop and throw it up on the television yes. so that they can work on it i mean i've appreciated having help being able to do it i could no more do it than fly to the moon but there are people tish. around me totally but I, I do agree that that you know being able to see in a good big scale will be mm-hmm. but that's for people like us you know that are the more i think i don't know but right. Right. Well, I do think that one thing that is going to change is that now that we've all experienced having to work remotely, once we no longer need to work remotely, we're going to want to work remotely more than we did in the past. Mm -hmm. Because I do think it's in a way liberating to know that with the tools like Zoom and Pinterest and all that stuff that you can use. And I'm wondering if you guys think that that's going to change the way once this virus 
you know, is cured, we have a vaccine, there's a treatment, and people can assemble together. Do you think that you would give your team more leeway about working? Will you guys want to work remotely more, travel more, whatever? How do you think knowing that you can get work done remotely is going to change how you work in the future? I think that's a really good question. In fact, I was just talking to a colleague about that yesterday afternoon, and neither of us had ever really been very keen on having people work from home or work remotely. And we both said, yeah, we would totally be into that now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can sometimes get a lot more work done without the cacophony of everybody else Mm -hmm. interrupting you all the time. I know that for a long time, uh, one of my right-hand gals takes all of Wednesday morning off to do billing and things like that. And uh, because she can't stand me basically saying, and what about this? And what about that? And what about this? (laughs) And so I also think for very, one of the things that is helping us is to put timelines on uh, projects while we're working remotely. Like, okay, so when will you have that done by? When will we check in with you about that? When do you think you can present for that? And then we we put it on the calendar say, okay, so do you have that presentation ready? Or do you want to take today and work from home so you don't have the travel time? Do you want to work on that project? Like, I think if it's in a very contained way, it would feel safe to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, where it has boundaries, not, you know, where something just expands to meet the time. But in fact, you know, you're staying very focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it goes back to that trust thing that we were talking about earlier. Now that we've all tried it and we're seeing that it works to whatever degree, I think we would all be open to letting people work from home a day or two a week. Including ourselves, by the way. Yes, I was going to say, I I think it should be liberating for you guys because I would think like once we all feel not terrified to get on a plane and go somewhere, Mm -hmm. then in a way it, it could be liberating for you. Enriching. Yeah. Very artistically enriching. Right. Right. I I already do that. I love when I need to write, when I need to sit down Mm -hmm. and really focus in and write, whether it be something for um, a competition or for that's going out for an article or, you know, whatever, something where I just really need to get inside my head and let words form, which, you know, I'm a visual person. So I got to work a little harder at that. I tend to stay home to do that. Mm -hmm. um, And just, you know, let everybody know I'll be in by if you, if Rome is not burning, please give me these few hours. Do you have guilt surrounding that? Because I'm having to really wrestle with a lot of guilt around my shifting my perspective around all of this. I don't because the productivity of sitting down and really allowing myself to climb into a project and write my way out or whatever, draw if it's, if it's working on a plan and I just got to get away, makes me a lot more productive. So the time is shorter. So then I can get back into the mainstream of work. The flip side of it is I, it doesn't bother me if I have to team members work from home because I trust them. I tell people that work for me, I'm not going to babysit your hours. If there's something that causes a question, I'm going to ask you if I lose trust, we got a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Not in a threatening way, but I'm going in trusting you. You know, it's kind of, I hate to say it, but it's almost like with the teenagers. Don't give me a reason not to trust you. Let's just be adult about this and do the work we need to do. Although we all love being in the office, but it doesn't bother me if somebody wants to work from home and I would welcome it moving forward. Mm -hmm. 
And this is another side effect of working remotely. I think as we find parts of our homes we use for totally different purposes than we thought we would ever would. Oh my gosh. Isn't that the truth? We were talking about that last weekend with the kids because I am acting like a homeowner, by the way, I keep looking around and ordering things that I need or, you know, hopping in and finishing a project around the house or, you know, I mean, y'all are all nodding your heads, so we're all doing it. But last weekend, beyond all the parts of our house, we're eating dinner outside on the patio table. We've used the fire pit. You know, several of the kids are using the um, hammock. Like I'm noticing that our space is actually expanding even the use of it, even though the actual space right. isn't expanding, right. exactly. which I'm finding really fascinating to watch. Right. Okay. Well, is there anything else that we need to talk about that we haven't addressed that any of you, you guys want to add in here? Cause I think this has been great. The only thing I would add is, for all of us to remember to keep our clients up because if they're at home and they want to be out, I'm noticing that I have clients that want to be in their normal routine and they want to be, you know, going to their yoga class instead of doing it at home or wanting to be going to Neiman's or doing, you know, all the things through a day to keep them happy in their right, spaces right. and up and you know, positive. Because it'd be very frustrating for you know your clients, for you, for your team. It's, it's very, for me, it can be very frustrating that you can't, you know, I'm dying to go to a restaurant. I'm dying, you know, there's a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of pent up demand when we can finally get out and do things. But in the meantime, you're right. It's important to keep everybody focused and positive. It's a rough transition, but we're transitioning to something. We don't know quite what it is yet. Mm -hmm. I love how people now, the, instead of saying bye, people are saying stay safe or stay well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really interesting how it's creating such a a bigger world community. You know, I can't even think of a, it it could be someone you pass in the grocery store, you know, it could be whomever that there's just so much more connectivity yeah. without the physical right. connectivity, right? right. right. It's right. emotional mm-hmm. connectivity mm-hmm. that I really, really right. hope that that continues. Right. Okay. Well, I want to thank my wonderful guests, Tish Mills, Courtney Coleman, and Katie Lead. And thank you all for listening to the Cherish Podcast. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the Cherish Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell a friend or colleague. Or even better, go to the iTunes store and post a review. We appreciate your help in spreading the word. And we would love your ideas for future episodes. Please email us at podcast at cherish.com. The Cherish Podcast is produced by Britta Muller and edited by Max Solomon of Hanger Studios in New York. Until next time.